Listen, I'm, I'm showing you right here the original concealed carry. Are you with me? This is it right here. It says, hide your word in my heart. If you have God's word inside of you, you have your concealed carry. Are you with me? You have all the power you need because God's word resides in you. The next time something comes up that comes against God's word, you're able to rebuke it. You're able to see it for what it really is. Hello, and welcome to Living Stones Church. This week, Pastor Justin talks about the battlefield of our own minds and how to wage spiritual warfare. I wanted to talk about counterintuitiveness. Does anybody know what counterintuitiveness is? It's where something doesn't make sense, but yet it does. Yet it does. Now, do I have any motorcycle riders in here? Motorcycle riders out there? Do I, do I have anybody that's ever driven at 200 miles an hour or more? A couple people. They went and did some crazy stuff out on the track, hopefully on the track. Uh, but uh, one thing that happens in that it is counterintuitive is this thing called counter-steering. Counter-steering. Now, for my motorcycle riders, it happens at a much lower speed. Are you with me? All of a sudden, when I, I think I'm going to turn right, the bike turns left. It starts going this way. I think I'm going to turn left. The bike turns right. If you're going, if you're in like a, a fast car and in, in NASCAR, it, you, you, if you're getting like inches away from the wall, you actually have to turn toward the wall to keep it from hitting the wall. Isn't that crazy? Counterintuitiveness. Somebody say counterintuitiveness. Oh, that's hard to say, isn't it? Well, I'm going to teach you how to wage war. Does anybody want to wage war this morning? I'm going to teach you how to wage war in an counterintuitive way. So go ahead and tell your neighbor today's message is titled, Waging War. Waging War. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it says, we are human. I think this applies to all of us, doesn't it? We are human. Is there a human sitting next to you this morning? I just wanted to make sure we're talking to the right people here. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Verse 4, we use God's mighty weapons. Somebody say God's mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons. To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Verse 5, when we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this series with, uh, with all of what you want to teach us. God, I'm, I'm just thankful that your word is still powerful. It's still strong today as it was thousands of years ago. So God, we just give you the glory today and we honor you with our, with our hearts, with our minds, with our souls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. How have we been waging war? I wonder. I look around and I wonder how we're waging war against the things that we're having to deal with. Now, this, this series, anybody enjoy last week's start of this series for Mindspace? It's pretty fun, right? Some of you were kind of worried when I started stomping on gift cards and things like that and yelling obscenities to gift cards, but God wants to move in our minds and free our minds and, and wage war the right way. Is anybody with me this morning? And so I'm believing that God's going to move in a big way for you today. Now, how many of us, we wage war with our wits? Come on. I know, I know we've got some logic people out there. Where are my logical people at? Yeah, there you are. Come on. I, I'm just like you. I like, to, I like to try to figure things out. I like to try to measure it out and make it make sense and think it through all logically. And i got to be honest with you, when you're waging war in the kingdom of God, 
it's most of the times not logical. Oh, he likes to, he likes to dumbfound our minds and, and see where we're actually at. I, I, I know we like to make sense of everything, but what do we do when logic and reasoning fails us? But God, I've been doing all the right things. Why is this happening to me? But God, like, like you, you promised me that I was going to have these breakthroughs and I'm only getting more and more trouble. Come on, logic isn't making sense now. Like, I've been sowing the seeds, God. Where is the fruit? I want to see the outcome. Is anybody with me? Come on. Sometimes our logic fails us, and then we have to get into a different place. Here's point number one for my note takers out there. Point number one is, I will submit my logic to the creator of all things. Come on. Let's say that together. I will submit my logic to the creator of all things. In Job Chapter 38, we're going to go through verses 1 through 7. Job, Job is of special character. Job is a special guy. He went through a lot of junk. If you ever want to feel better about your life, go read the book of Job. Are you with me? But here in chapter 38, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Come on, some of us need some answers in the whirlwind, don't we? Verse 2, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such arrogant words? Come on, this is a word from God for most of us right here. Verse 3, brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. This is God talking to Job. This is God talking to Pastor Justin. This is God talking to you. Verse 4, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Verse 5, who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? Verse 6, what supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone? Verse 7, as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. He's basically saying to Job, if you know so much and you're complaining about how I do things, where were you when I created the world that you're living in? I, I almost see it like, like, uh, like The Matrix. Anybody have any Matrix fans out there? I know that's becoming an old movie. It's like, what is it, like 21 years old now, 22 years old, 1999 when that came out, just before the world ended, if anybody remembers the year 2000. But in The Matrix, I remember one of, one of my favorite characters in The Matrix is Morpheus. Is anybody a Morpheus fan? And I love when Morpheus is doing this little practice round with Neo, and Neo's getting tired, and he's breathing hard, and he's trying to fight, and Morpheus just leans down to him and says, you think that's air you're breathing right now? Hmm, interesting. See, some of us, when we're questioning God, and we're kind of trying to go through life and figure all this thing out, and he's going like, interesting, you're, you're trying to figure that out with your logic? Hmm, Interesting. Come on, does God talk to you any like, like Morpheus, like, like to me? I mean, I, I feel like God's like just Morpheus coming down like, Justin, Justin, is that how I asked you to build the church? I'm like, oh, Lord. Are you with me? Come on, Morpheus fans. God goes on to challenge Job for the next two, two chapters. If you read through all of that, and I'm not going to read through that today, he challenges them on just about everything you could possibly think of in this world. That God controls and Job does not, or you and I do not. Job finally surrenders and gives God the credit he is due. 
Why do we wage war with worldly weapons like human logic? Come on. Why do we wage war with human logic? The majority of our battles are spiritual. Did you know that? Think about, think about all the things you've been battling. Is any, anybody battling weight stuff? Kind of like me. Are you with me? Anybody, anybody like want to get in a different shape than round? Yeah, i got a few people that are just like me. Can I tell you, the battle is not against flesh and blood. The battle's not against human things. The battle is actually in spiritual things. Maybe some of you are like me. You get stressed out, so you go and eat more. And then you've eaten more, so now you're too tired to go to the gym. Are you with me? We think it's a physical battle, but a lot of times it's the battle right here that says you can't do it, that says that, oh, it's not worth it. You know, we, we messed up the first of the year. We might as well just write off 2022. Uh, is anybody with me? Right? I'm like, I did it for three days, and then I failed, so we'll just try next year. But we're waging war in a, in a human vernacular. We're waging war in a worldly sense, in our flesh, thinking, like, thinking that we actually had the ability to get all this done on our own. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. But the real battle is a spiritual one. Ephesians 6, verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. It's not the things of this war, or the things of this world that you're waging war against. It's the things in the spirit. Now, this is hard for a lot of us to understand because we know what we can touch and what we can feel and, and what we've experienced in this world. And so we, that's why we go to the, the things we know to fight these battles. But a lot of times when you're fighting those battles, it's going, Lord, I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. I've tried for years and it hasn't worked yet. So I'm going to try something new. I'm going to trust you. Is anybody with me this morning? There's something that shifts and something that happens when all of a sudden, you're, when you're waging war, you're, you're letting God fight your battles for you. Come on, somebody. If, if you're fighting a battle in your mind, if you're fighting a battle in finances, if you're fighting a battle in your health, listen, trusting the Lord and letting God guide you through it is what you need in this moment. It's not the next best help program. Are you with me? It's not another book. It's not another thing. It's trusting in God. Now, those books and those things, they're great. It gets your mind thinking the right way, right? We're talking about these mind shifts. We're talking about mind space. But in the midst of it, it's really getting your mind to see what God sees. If you can see the way that he sees, the way you wage war will be different. Instead of going and trying to fight your way out of it. How many, how many John Waynes do I have out there? Why I ought to... Right? You're like, I'm going at this thing. I'm going to go at my boss this week. They got on my nerves. My, my kids are going haywire. They're going crazy. You know what? I'm in high school in 2022. Guns a-blazing. But there's something that shifts when we're, when we're letting God fight our battles. We walk in. We, we start praying before we even get there. Come on. We say, God, guide me as I walk into this situation. Guide me as I have this conversation, Lord. Guide my heart, guide my tongue, guide my mouth. Lord, show me what you want me to do. See, so many of us are trying to fix problems that we were never equipped to fix. Are you with me? Sometimes we're thinking like, gosh, this, i got to make this better. I'm not being a good dad. I'm not being a good mom. i got to make this better. i got to do this right. i gotta, I got I to gotta give my kids a better life and... God's just like, would you let me do that? Come on, somebody. 
your warriors in the spirit. For point number two, I will wage war in the spirit. Come on, let's say that together. I will wage war in the spirit. 1 Peter 2, verse 11 says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. Come on. Verse 12, be careful. Somebody say, be careful. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. There is a war, ladies and gentlemen. There is a war. Whether you want to participate or not, there is a war. There is a war against your very soul. Now, for each of us, we're thinking, okay, so what do I have to do? Listen, there's also a war against the soul next to you. There's a war against your kids. Are you with me? Whether you like it or not, some of us, hey, men, I know if you're anything like me, you're like, hey, bring it. I got this. Do I got some men in here? I got, probably got some ladies that are even more fierce. Do I have some more fierce ladies that are like, ha, 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 you haven't seen my claws. Are you with me? Your husband has, but that's okay. I, I, I understand. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. When we're taking on this war, but something happens when that war comes against our kids. Oh, my goodness. You're like, your prayers start changing, don't they? You start saying, God, give it to me. Give me those struggles. Give me those pains. Don't give it to my kids. Are you with me? Is anybody with me? Like, there's something inside of us that doesn't want them to have to wage war. But here's the truth. The war is coming anyway. Anyway. Teach them how to fight unfair. Oh, that doesn't make sense, Pastor. We don't teach people to fight unfair. That's not cool, right? I mean, immediately I start think of, thinking of the UFC and, and taking some low blows where you're not allowed to do that. That's fighting unfair. But can I tell you something? When you let God fight your battles, you're fighting unfair. Because th- those battles don't have a chance when God is in control. Are you with me? The, it, you teach your kids how to fight unfair. You say, listen, I know that you're facing these things. I know you're struggling with this. But can I tell you something? Come and sit next to me, next to my bed. And we're going to pray to God together. And we're going to give it to him. And we're going to fight this war in an unfair manner. Because we want to win. Is anybody with me? Oh my goodness. Let God win your battles. Somebody say, let God win your battles. Now, do I have some, some parents out there who have boys? Do I have some parents of boys? God bless you. Parents of girls, we are interceding on your behalf in this moment. But parents of boys, you probably have an arsenal at some point of Nerf guns in your house. Do we have some arsenals in here? I've seen some arsenals at some of these houses Some amazing Nerf guns. Nerf guns that can do crazy things. Are you with me? Like with barrels that take like an hour and a half to load. Are you with me? And they're just like, right? Anybody? We got some Nerf guns out there. Listen, if I were to take the coolest, amazing, most sophisticated Nerf gun out to Afghanistan or Iraq, how much power would it have? Zero. It doesn't matter how cool that thing is. No one is afraid of it. Are you with me? When, when we wage war in our own human vernacular, when we start trying to overthink and think through this thing, I'm going to get this figured out. I'm smarter than that. Listen, it's like taking a Nerf gun into a real battle zone. Your wits won't get you out of this. Are you with me? Only surrendering to the Lord and saying, God, I want to tag you in. I've been doing my best with my Nerf guns. They've just been laughing at me. 
But then you tag God in and he goes, I got this. Are you with me? Some of us need to get to that point where we're like, hey, my, my weapons of, of mass foam no longer have any power. Are you with me? It's just not going to work out the same way. I need to actually trust God to fight my battles for me. In Psalm 19, verse 9, it says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Verse 10. Come, first, somebody say, by obeying your word. If you get nothing out of today except for that, obey God's word. Verse 10. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. Verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, I'm, I'm showing you right here the original concealed carry. Are you with me? This is it right here. It says, hide your word in my heart. If you have God's word inside of you, you have your concealed carry. Are you with me? You have all the power you need because God's word resides in you. The next time something comes up that comes against God's word, you're able to rebuke it. You're able to see it for what it really is. It used to stress you out. But now you're going, wait, if my God is for me, then who can be against me? You walk into a di with a different mindset, with a different situation. When you're looking at your finances, when you're looking at that choice, when God says, hey, listen, do you want to take the red pill or the blue pill? Blue pill, you go back into oblivion, but if you take the red pill, you're going to go down a, a rabbit hole that you'll never come back from, but you'll get to trust me. Are you with me? Sometimes we're in that moment of going like, God, I want to trust you, but I've, I've been handling my finances just fine up until now, and what you're suggesting is financial suicide. Is anybody with me? Come on. Sometimes it feels like that. Listen, I remember what it was like when I gave up my six-figure income to be a, a pastor full-time and try to look at my wife in the eye and say $53,000 a year is going to be okay. Hello, $6 a gallon. Are you with me? Something, yeah, seven, seven. If you, if you ride a motorcycle, it's already almost seven fifty. It gets crazy, doesn't it? You start thinking like, God... How can I get through this? This doesn't make sense. You're asking me to do something that's the opposite of what I think makes sense. Counterintuitiveness. The way of his thinking is higher than the way of our thinking. His ways are higher than our ways. Listen, I wouldn't give up what I get to do now in sowing into people's lives for any hundreds of thousands of dollars. Are you with me? There's something that just shifts in that moment where purpose is more important than the finances. Come on. And listen, I don't go without. I'm not, I'm not living on the streets, you guys. Listen, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Don't worry about me. But in the midst of it, for each of us, it's going, God, what do you say? What do you want to do with my life? Here I am at a crossroads. I see this path, which I would normally take because it's the safe path. And then I see this path is which the one you're, you're suggesting, which I would never do logically. There's something that shifts in your mind as you trust God and say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. Are you with me? Is anybody with me this morning? <sighs> hide God's word in your heart. Tell your neighbor, hide God's word in your heart. When the battle of the flesh wages war against you, fight it with the word of God. I love that Jesus even shows us this example. Here's point number three for my note takers. I will fight my battles with God's word. Come on, let's say that together. I will fight my battles with God's word. 
This is where things shift, you guys. Matthew 4, verse 1. It says, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil, for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Come on, do I have any people who like to fast out there? Nobody really likes to fast, but have I had people who have fasted out there? You know what it's like to be hungry? Come on, somebody. You'll eat anything at that point. Cardboard looks amazing. Verse 3, during that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And here's what Jesus replied. Verse 4, but Jesus told him, No! Somebody say no. No, No, the Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to wage war like Jesus. When the enemy comes in and says that your kid is not going to make it, that they're not sharp enough, that they're not going to make it in this world if you don't do something. When the enemy comes in and tells you those kind of things, you tell him, like, no, no, listen, you don't know who my father is. You don't know who my God is. He says I'm the head and not the tail. He says I'm above and not beneath. He says he won't forsake me. Oh, listen, he says that, that my children are like arrows in a quiver ready to go and wage war. Listen, you, you're trying to attack my child because you know how powerful he is. You know how powerful she is. Oh, you, you want to attack my child? Listen, you're going to get a mouthful later on. Are you with me? This kid is going to come back stronger, bigger, better. Their faith is going to be so much more just because you opened your mouth, devil. If we wage war the way Jesus waged war, oh, he didn't have to fight him with worldly weapons. It wouldn't have worked anyway. He didn't pull out a bow and arrow, say, listen, devil, I got you, and take him out. Are you with me? No, he, he, he quoted the word of God. He, he had his concealed carry. Are you with me? He just pulled that word out and said, this is what God says about my children. This is what God says about me. This is what God says about this situation. Are you with me? Sometimes we just got to wage war in a different way. Is anybody with me this morning? We need to wage war like Jesus. When we know what we are really battling is not something of this world, but something in the Spirit. I've seen you move, God. You've moved mountains. And I believe you're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. We are your soldiers, Lord. Broken messed up we come into your army but you're going to build us into something new something powerful something that together we united we stand I'm reminded of of this analogy come here can you jump up here I know that's a lot lot, that's a big jump it's a short jump for such a big man Does that hurt you? Not too bad? You're not being prideful, are you? Are you sure? Does it hurt you now? Not yet? Let me ask you something. One one person by themselves can maybe just be irritating. But a group of people together, we can make a greater impact. Are you ready? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We have a greater impact together. The enemy, like I've watched, especially California culture, listen to me. If this offends you, bummer. I'm I'm sorry, but it's the truth, okay? California culture is that we have to be separated and we go into our houses and we don't know our neighbors and that's just the way it is. If we can get into a place of unity, we can knock down some things. Are you with me? 
We can knock down some disbelief. We can knock down some fears. We can knock out some... some there's, there's someone in your neighborhood right now talking about divorce. They're mad as hell on a Sunday morning talking about divorce because there's no other option. The, there's no more money. We're running out of money and I'm not getting a raise and nothing's happening and I just don't know what we're going to do. Maybe if we get divorced, that'll make sense. Listen, somebody's struggling with this right now. And if we just get enough guts to say, hey, maybe I can't do this by myself, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out with my brother and I'm going to talk to some people and I'm going to tell them how much God loves them. I'm going to tell them that there's more purpose than this. Listen, or maybe we just go for walks around our neighborhood waiting for our neighbors to come out and say hi to them and tell them how awesome they are. Guess what? Hey, there's this really big evangelism day coming up. It's called Halloween. Oh, I just messed up all kinds of religious people. Do you know what the best time to go meet and reach people is? When they're out of their house. So they're dressed up like a goblin. Oh, well. Dress up like one too and say, hey, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Would you like to come to church with me on Sunday? We're just out trick-or-treating with our kids, not being weirdo church people. Are you with me? Oh, my Lord. Church people are so just secluded and trying to hide from everything. It's the best evangelism day of the year. Not Christmas, not Easter, Halloween. Best evangelism day of the year because everybody comes out. And most of them are just regular family people just like you. Guess what they're not? They're not celebrating Satan either. They're just letting their kids dress up for fun and go get some candy. Are you with me? So you get to meet people just like you. And tell them, hey, there's this whole group of people that meets every Sunday just like you. And then we get to give each other hope. And we get to be brothers and sisters. We get to say, hey, man, hey, thanks for coming to church with me, bro. I hope this blesses your life. And you don't know if they were the ones last Sunday that were talking about divorce. And they walk in here and they see Man, I see how unified your marriage is. I see how unified your marriage is. What's the difference between your marriage? Wait a minute. It's Jesus. So I give my life to Jesus. I become more like him. And then I see that my marriage gets healed. You have to be kidding me. That's, that's what it takes. I've been paying for counseling for how long? And that's what it takes. Come on, somebody. There's breakthrough in the midst of that. You look pretty good with your charger stuff up here. Just want to make sure that everybody on the camera sees all that. I didn't invite our Raiders fans up here. They're all standing here getting prayer. That's good. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, man. You know, you want to get people to shout in church. You just say their favorite team, and then they shout so loud. You say Jesus, they're like, oh, Jesus. But you say Raiders, they're like, oh. You say Chargers, like, oh. Like, it's just crazy how that stuff happens. Do you have any other teams out there? Packers. Packers, he says. Okay. What else? I didn't, it didn't sound like you were very excited about the Jets, but that's okay. Did we have any other teams out there? What is it? Vikings. Vikings. Oh, you just became Pastor Keith's favorite right there. The Pastor Keith anointing has just graced its presence in this room. Oh, man. Let me pray for us as we leave this morning. God is just so good. Somebody say God is good. God is so good. Listen, if you need prayer this morning, I'm not going to leave this stage. I'll sit, I'll stand and sit right here. If you still need prayer, come on up here and see me or one of my pastors. You can ask any of them for prayer and that'd be awesome. But I want to pray for us as a, as a church. 
But God, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. I thank you for the call on our lives to change French Valley, to change French Valley and beyond. And so, Lord, I'm excited to see what you're going to do these next few years. Build up your people. You're building us up. We are a royal priesthood because of your son. And you're building us up into a beautiful church made of all kinds of different shaped rocks. Those living stones. Build your church, God. Build it into the beautiful thing that it can possibly be. I pray, Jesus, that you would be the mortar that holds us all together. And Father, that we'd see greater things come from this day forward. I pray there's been breakthrough this morning for people and that you're still going to be breaking through to people throughout the week. God, as we get in our word, as we put our word in our hearts, as we hide it in our hearts, that we're ready for battle at any moment. And Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you because this church gives me life. It gives me hope. It gives me something to live for. It gives me something that you're passionate about. You love your church more than I do, God. And I find that hard to imagine sometimes because I love your church so much. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me through all my issues and all the things I fall short and for all of us here that feel the same way. God, bless us as we go out today, as, we, as, as our hospitality team, our greeters, our, our ushers, our parking lot, all of our hospitality team, God. I pray, Lord, that they'd have an awesome meeting, dreaming, having vision for the future to see all of what you can do in and through this church. I pray, Lord, that you'd just give them even a glimpse of what you've shown me so that we can do this together. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Lift up a shout offering to the Lord. God, you're so worthy. We love you. Oh, amen. Have a great day. Invite somebody to church next week. Go and enjoy some pizza for those that are a part of our, of our team there and And those that want to be a part of it, go have some pizza with them and learn about it. We love you. Have a great week.